Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am positive Chuck Mockler. And we're a couple of best friends and Clippers credentialed media people who bring you Locked On Clippers five days a week. Every single oh, yes. morning, you can tune in for the latest Clippers news. Today, yep, yep. <laughs> today we've got for you a preview of the Christmas Day matchup against the Nuggets. We're going to be talking Woo. about what we need to do well to win that one, as well as what could go wrong, and dive into a couple of key matchups. And then... Uh, for you. It's Friday, so we've got a Love Mary Quarantine, which is where we basically rank things uh, related to the Clippers. <laughs> we're either loving them, we're marrying them, or we're quarantining them, which means get them the heck away from us. And I think we also have a little bit of shavings kicking around, uh, which is just kind of where we wrap up the loose ends. So all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes. So Merry Christmas Day basketball to everybody. Um, I'm excited for this. The the game against the Lakers obviously I think has Clippers fans very psyched. Um, we're hit. We're matched up against the Nuggets who still have flashbacks to that playoff series, but we're just going to try and move past that this holiday season. Um, the Nuggets lost in heartbreaking fashion to the Kings, which is pretty hilarious. Shout out to the Kings for helping us out with the standings. Um, with that one, uh, per betonline.ag, the Clippers are two and a half point favorites, which I would maybe take that. I don't know. Um, but Will, what do we need to do well in this Christmas Day matchup against the Nugs? Um, I, th- I think a big thing is going to be capitalizing on transition opportunities, uh, which we did an okay job of against the Lakers early on, and then that definitely kind of dwindled. But the Nuggets were really struggling to stay in mm-hmm. front of the Kings uh, when they were playing with pace. And overall, yeah. I mean, like the the defense of the Nuggets wasn't looking super sharp to me. Um, I think that I think that mm-hmm. if we you know if we are able to push those transition opportunities, that'll go a long ways. Um, and then the other thing with that is just, um, we, we got to stay disciplined defensively. Um, they shot 28% from three in their opener and I don't expect that to stay the same. Uh, but we can't be fouling three point shooters and giving them easy trips to the line. Yeah. Looking at you, Luke Kennard. Um, I'm also, we got to keep, we just got to keep feeding PG. Um, if PG is at, you know, 33 points on 18 shots efficiency, Let's have him take more than 18 shots, you know? Um, like, Kawhi's still getting to where he wants to be. So he should play better in this one. I'm not, like, super worried about what we're going to see um, from Kawhi. Uh, Jeremy Grant's gone, so it might be one of his better games against the Nuggets, of course. But, yeah, I mean, the staggering looks good in game one, so I'm really excited to see if PG can kind of just keep this going. But to do that, he's going to have to be aggressive, and we got to just try and get to the line. Um, in yeah, general. he's gonna. I would he's love gonna, to see that. He's gonna have to be super aggressive. Um, the Kings ran a lot of those of kind of pick and roll possessions where the ball handler would go into kind of a snaking drive into the lane, um, and either get to the rim or get you know sort of an easy mid range shot. Uh, so yeah. I, I expect PG to to have some success ball handling because um, he's really good running around those kind of screens and just creating a little bit of offset movement to get into the lane. Uh, and he's going to need to you know get to the rim and get to the line. Uh, I think that's going to be more important than settling for shots. Um, but if he's you know if he has it going from three, uh, I'm totally fine with him taking you know <laughs> at least eight attempts like he did last game. Uh, and I I would personally feel comfortable if that's closer to the 10-ish range. Um, Yeah, Just depending on the quality of the shots. Like, 
that goes into my next thing with what we need to do well, which is just continue on this trend of good ball movement. Um, like yeah, I said, the, yeah. nu- the Nuggets right now are are not looking super solid defensively. Um, so I think if we see similar ball movement to what we saw in game one, it's really going to break um, that defense down a little bit. It's still unclear if they're going to have Jamichael Green. He's listed as day-to-day. Um, so I, I'm not super sure what's going to end up happening with that. Uh, but they will really, yeah. really struggle against that. And I, they ran a little bit of zone. Uh, the Nuggets ran a little bit of a zone defense there in the in the opener against the Kings. So I'm curious to see if we'll have that offense going early. They they went away from it pretty quick just because Buddy Heald was punishing them with outside shots. So uh, I'm curious to see if we can capitalize yeah. on some three-point opportunities uh, if the Nuggets do go to zone for any period of time. Yeah, and when they switch back, I mean, we just like against the Lakers, the Nuggets couldn't really stop the Kings' dribble penetration. So we just got to keep doing what we did against the Lakers, which is getting into the paint and then either finding guys out on the perimeter or just finishing well at the rim. Um, Jokic is obviously a beast offensively, and we somehow have to contain him, which means getting him, I guess, closer to a 20-point triple-double than a 30-point triple-double. But, like, defense, like, we're going to have, you know, we have two proper centers now. So... We're probably going to see some zoo on Jokic, just given the minutes distribution uh, for our center rotation that we saw in the first game because Serge still kind of getting back up. But yeah, I mean, just keep being aggressive in the paint. Like the Nuggets kind of gave up a fair amount of offensive rebounds of the Kings. So it's like that, that opportunity is there for us to kind of impose our will inside. Yeah, I mean, the Kings like basically doubled up uh, the Nuggets in offensive rebound opportunities. Um, And we just need to control the paint defensively as well. Exactly half of the Nuggets points in that in that game one loss came in the paint. There's a lot of uh, little passes, little dump passes into the restricted zone. Um, And obviously, you know, they'll have you got to box out uh, those rebounds defensively because they'll have a bunch of big bodies, you know, kind of close there around the rim, just looking to soak stuff up. Uh, so that's going to be super important. I'm actually, I, we'll talk about this more in the matchups, but I am defensively kind of worried about this matchup for Surge. I, I don't think that it's a great matchup for him. Yeah, so now in what could go wrong, we kind of talked about a little bit, is Jokic just goes off. Um, if he's operating at optimum passing and optimum efficiency, and like you said, maybe having an easier time against Surge than we want, we all know what can go wrong. Like we've seen it. (laughs) Thankfully we have though two proper rim defenders. So that's good. Um, But yeah, I mean, Porter and Murray. So Michael Porter jr. Had 24 points on 60% shooting in the first game shot 43% from three. So he's got to be feeling confident. And Murray had a horrible game. He only had one made field goal in that game against the King. So he's going to be looking to bounce back, but he does kind of slow start or start slow, excuse me. So just kind of, I feel like we can only have one person go off against us in this game. Um, Like one person can be hot early and that's fine. But if two people are hot early for the Nuggets, it's going to be a longer night than we want. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think the thing with MPJ is you just got to force him to be uncomfortable. He's a young guy. He's still like he will still take bad shots. You know what I mean? So for if sure, you're clo- if you're closing out on him on those three point opportunities, um, you're sort of, you're sort of making him uncomfortable, forcing him to make quick decisions. Um, you know, he will take shots that are not high quality shots. You know, he's, uh, um, he can, he can be really inefficient at times. That's, you know, that's like one of his biggest knocks despite being really solid, 
um, offensively. And a- another yeah. thing that we're going to have to do, like just going along with that, is like we need to handle the ball really well. Um, if we don't, there's just going to be a bunch of beautiful highlight reel passes from Jokic to either MPJ or Gary Harris. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah. it, you know, we we did get punished by the Lakers in in uh, on on those sort of turnover points. I think they had 15 total points off of our turnovers. Um, so it, you know, we we've seen it happen before and still been able to overcome it. But I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping that we can keep the turnovers to sort of that 14 or 15 kind of a range. Yeah, and that kind of goes into this next point, which is the bench backcourt. You um, saw so Will Barton looked great for them um, for the Nuggets, and then PJ Dozier is another guy who can kind of give this Luke Kennard, Lou Williams, maybe Patrick Patterson also out there to line up some problems. Like the bench could really, if Barton's going to step it up again like this for the Nuggets, it's going to be a long night for Kennard and Lou. Definitely. PJ Dozier was playing downhill really well. Uh, He had like, he shot like 60% from the floor, but he was just going, uh, going at the rim, like with reckless abandon. And I would see them kind of trying to single out one of either Lou or, or um or canard on those types of drives and you know his finishing looks pretty nice for for where he's at right now in his career so um yeah that's definitely something to look for um so and the other huge thing uh and this goes along with like the transitions is we just got to communicate well on defense the nuggets have great ball movement like i said they didn't shoot particularly efficiently from three they only shot like 27 percent uh in their opener but um, you know, we've seen teams bust a slump from three against this team. Um, so it's going to be super important to, um, <laughs> you know, sort of sort of seal off opportunities uh, and, and make sure everybody's got their heads on a swivel for for that ball movement. 100%. Now let's get into these key matchups. Kind of the marquee one. Yeah, let's talk about this distribution of the zoo and surge minutes right here. Like, what do we think that's going to look like? So, I mean, the upside offensively here that Surge provides is undeniable. Like you said, the the Nuggets were really struggling in their pick and roll defense uh, in that opener. And with the versatility of Surge, you know, you have more options um, than like just the athletic roller. You have some kind of pick and pop things. But where I worry about it is defensively, I think that Surge is really going to struggle with Jokic. I mean, Jokic is going to be able to shoot over the top of him uh, depending on how uh, you know, his uh, surge's lateral movement is looking, um, you know, Jokic has a really nice, obviously bag of tricks in the post. So I, I think that this could be a more difficult matchup for surge. I'd, I'd like yeah. it if he looked good. Um, but I think due to the defensive upside, uh, we'll probably see some more zoom in. It's a similar distribution to what we saw in game one, um, if not maybe even a couple more minutes for Zoo. Zoo's statistically been our best defender, d- defending match for Jokic. Um, you know, even even though it's really hard to slow Jokic down, and Jokic will still get get his points and get to the line. Um, so I, I, if we see Surge really struggling defensively, oh, yeah. I, I would expect Ty to go go to Zoo kind of early. And the thing for Zoo, like the the, the thing that's going to be huge for him is he's just going to have to stay out of foul trouble. Jokic is a superstar in this league, and he's going to get calls accordingly. Um, and so so Zoo is going to have to be really really disciplined, um, maintain that verticality, uh, and and just you know avoid avoid undisciplined sort of fouls or mistakes. Yeah, and that goes also, that's another thing for Pat Bev um, with Murray, you know? Like, it's one of those things where this could just turn rough for Pat Bev kind of early if he gets into early foul trouble. Um, and we obviously don't need that to happen. 
Um, Kawhi and PG versus kind of Millsap and MPJ is going to be pretty interesting to watch. Um, if we shut down Michael Porter Jr. offensively, he's not going to be a factor in this game because his defense is so bad. And then we're not really sure of Morris's status yet, but Millsap is going to see some combination of Batum slash Morris. Um, and we saw some pretty heavy switching in that Lakers game. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping Kawhi can just get to his... If Kawhi can get to his spots, I'm fine. I don't need Kawhi to put up 30 or whatever in this game. Obviously, that would be great. But if, like, the spots are there and everything like that, I think PG is going to be able to, you know, pick up some of that other slack. And unless he's, like, really heated uh, offensively, I think this might be a good game for Kawhi to sort of um, not completely take a backseat, but look for more opportunities on the pass um, versus kind of letting the ball stick uh, as we did see yeah. a little bit in that opener. Um, you know, if he's got it and it's just like automatic, I, obviously I'm kind of fine with him taking the shots. But, um, you know, with this defense struggling with, uh, you know, good ball movement, I, I do see this as an opportunity for Kawhi um, to sort of establish a rhythm and a uh, offensive communication with uh, his other teammates. The last one I have in here is just Luke Kennard versus getting going. Um, given how bad the Nuggets guards have looked in the opener, this could be like a good chance for him to kind of get some shots up and start playing with confidence. Um, if they can't stop guards, which they couldn't at all against the Kings. Um, yeah, I hope I hope this is kind of a uh, an upswing for Kennard. Definitely, definitely. And I think like I think it's going to be a combination of things. It's going to depend on how his touches look. But I think if he's looking to drive aggressively, um, Early, I, I think that they're the you know especially if he's going up against bench backcourts, I, I do think that they're going to struggle with that defensively, um, and yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see how the staggering works out in this one. Um, obviously, some of that is going to depend on how Pat Beverly can stay out of foul trouble, but um, yeah, we'll see. And what's what's our predictions for this game? Like I said, the Clippers are two and a half point favorites, so pretty damn close uh, per bet online AG. Do you got the Clips winning in this one? Um, man, uh, I just think that we're going to be playing a very motivated Nuggets team. But hey, if we can move the ball like we did in the opener, I, I think that we'll win. I think their defense is just going to struggle to stop um, our guys, even in the absence of Morris. So if we just get a if we're just able to get a few stops, you know, um, force a couple turnovers, I, I think that we can come away with the win in this one. I'm seeing it being a close game. Um, obviously yeah. there'll be some, there'll be runs from, from both sides. Um, I don't think it'll be we like blow a 20 point lead. Who yes. Knows? I don't think, I don't think it'll be like ticky tacky <laughs> back and forth. I think it'll be like one team goes on a run, uh, and it's like, damn. And then the other team just goes on their run. Uh, so yeah. a little bit similar to what we saw in the Lakers game, but I, I think that we, I think that we can grind out. Um, I think that we can grind out a victory here. Um, just based solely on what I'm seeing from Denver's defense thus far. Good call. I think we can too. I would take the Clippers in the money line on this one. Not sure I would take them on the spread, but I'm very new to gambling and that's how I get down. Um, Real quick, we got the Mavs on Sunday, which we are going to have a recap of both these games for y'all on the Monday episode. How do we think the Mavs game is going to go? They lost to the Suns. They play the Lakers on Christmas, so they might be coming into this one, our match with us, 0-2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, this was kind of the game I was the most confident about, um, just due to some of the absences. Uh, well, you know, the Chris Tapp's absence most notably yeah. for the Mavs. Um, but, uh, we'll see. I mean, they, you know, they did take that loss to the Suns. I, I think that, you know, defensively, they're still trying to get it together. Um, so I'm, a not sure. Lakers I'm not sure. I'm not sure. 
Yes. Um, yeah, I think I don't. We'll see what happens on Sunday. I think having Morris will be a big help if he can come for either of these games too. But oh, but having we, Morris, I think, is almost a guarantee. It will almost guarantee a win. <laughs> if he's healthy. Yeah. So hopefully we can have a nice little weekend and I can eat all those those words I talked about. The Clippers maybe be in 0 and 3. That'd be good. Um, coming up, we're going to be just playing a bit, just a little bit of Love Mary Quarantine. Okay, so we're back with Love Mary Quarantine, which basically every single Friday uh, we put together a, a list of something related to the Clippers, and we're either <laughs> loving things, we're marrying them, or we're quarantining them, which means get it the heck away from us. So, Charles, what are we Love Mary Quarantining today? We are doing, in the tradition of Doc Rivers' uh, airing of Dirty Laundry, we are doing gifts Doc Rivers probably got Paul George for a secret Santa uh, at some point. There's some animosity between these two. We know what's been going on. But what we have is Paul George on the secret Santa giveaway day opens his gift to receive a dead fish, uh, which would be a rough gift, a bunch of hair picks to signify how many picks the Clippers gave up to get him just so he never forgets it. Uh, a shirt that says I'm with stupid with an arrow pointing up stupid, maybe spelled wrong, depending how crazy doc wants to get. And then the will Updike special, a mug with a picture of Seth Curry that says world's greatest son-in-law. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think I know which one I'm loving and marrying and it's the Seth Curry world's greatest. son-in-law. Mug. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I got to marry the Seth Curry world's greatest son-in-law. mug. I think it's just such a funny gift. Like, um, I don't know what would go through Paul George's mind when he initially gets a gift from Doc. I think he might be like, oh, wow, maybe we put this behind us. And then to just open it up and see his face on the like to see Paul George's face reacting to Seth Curry's face on the mug, uh, I think would be pretty priceless. I, I could wake up to that. I could wake up to that on Christmas uh, every every morning. And it seems like a gift that Doc maybe would have given Paul George and been like, I'm just trying to have fun. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you obviously feel some way about it. Um, and I don't think I actually have to quarantine the dead fish because that might just ruin the party as a whole. Just might smell, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I, I got to quarantine the dead fish too. It just has, um, it, it has too strong of a creepy vibe for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, sending Doc someone, was having a rough Christmas season with this one. <laughs> sending someone a dead animal, um, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad for both the post office. I feel bad for the animal. Uh, and obviously, I feel bad for the recipient. So I, I got to quarantine that one. Uh, I am, however, loving a bunch of hair picks to signify <laughs> how many picks the Clippers gave up to get him. That's just good old fashioned fun. See, that's like a fun one. Um, and I mean, the shirt, the I'm a stupid shirt, you know, depending on what the fit looked like, Paul George might wear that, depending if he could get a good thing going. Um, do we have anything going on in shavings other than just hoping everyone has a good holiday weekend and whatnot? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Um, looking forward to this Christmas Day game. I, how oh, yeah. great is it? How great is it that the Clippers are now kind of like just a fixture on the Christmas Day schedule? Um, it's awesome. It's such it's, a, I'm still not used to it really. <laughs> it's, it's kind of surreal. It's such a trip. Um, you know, win, lose. Uh, I, I'm just glad that I get to watch Clippers basketball on Christmas. It's, it's really, really great. Hope everybody out there has a, a safe and happy holiday if you're celebrating. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and if not, you know, hope you just enjoy the game. Maybe, maybe knock back yeah. a few or not, yeah, you know, or not. Do whatever you want to do. That's the beauty of it. Uh, thank you all for, I mean, closing in on, you know, one full year of crazy kind of pandemic content. Thank you all for being with us. We really appreciate it. It's been a fantastic ride. 
Uh, Monday's episode, we're going to have a recap of both the Clippers uh, matchups against the Nuggets and the Mavs. Probably do a long one for the Mavs one just because it was the most recent. And then the freshies with what we want to see from the new guys. And of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Will, where can these people uh, tell their family to listen to us during Christmas dinner? You can tell your family to listen to us on Christmas dinner uh, on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. Uh, you can even tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers uh, if you don't want to manually type anything in. If you haven't already, please subscribe. It really helps us out. Uh, if you like what we're doing, leave a rating or review. We'll definitely read it on air. Um, yeah. Uh, happy holidays or you know whatever you got going on. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you all so much again. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.